You're listening to Soundplay, a radio show that features audio work produced by people in the Salem State community. We're your hosts. I'm Tanya Rodrigue, a professor in the English department. I'm Justin Noon, an English student here at SSU. Listen to those words coming from those SSU students all day. Soundplay. <laughs> Soundplay. Yeah, yeah. Trademark. <laughs> Trademark. Thank you guys for tuning in to the last episode of our COVID story series. We have three stories lined up for you guys today. The first two are going to be from two authors that requested to remain anonymous, and the last one is going to be from Abigail Hartley. I hope you guys enjoy. No words can describe how hard and challenging times are right now. Our world has been upended, and it feels like there is no end in sight. All we can do is latch on to hope. I have had my whole world changed, but most of all, I have changed my own world in a matter of a month in the comfort of my bedroom. Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, OkCupid, even Facebook dating. I've done it all. There's a reason why dating app usage is at an all-time high right now. Many dating apps have developed a way for people to virtually date by offering new video-based features to avoid meeting in person. All of this can change dating in the future. Loneliness. It's easy to feel lonely at a time like this. If you want to be a responsible adult, you have to abide by the social distancing guidelines. But one way many people ease the weight of being alone is to download these dating apps. It helps fill a void gives you an ego boost, or makes you feel connected. Everyone has different intentions. Some are just there to talk, and others are just there because they are seeking a serious relationship. At the beginning of this year, I told myself I should stop using dating apps. They weren't working, nothing ever came out of it, and I wanted to meet someone in person. But once the stay-at-home order was implemented, I scrambled and re-downloaded a couple of dating apps. I didn't expect anything out of it. I was just expecting some good conversation with people I deemed attractive. Then, I matched with someone who took me by surprise. I don't want to give away too much. Let's just say I met someone who has impacted my life in a profound way. We haven't met in person yet, but I'm waiting for the day that we can. Hey, this is Dan Finnerty from the Dan Band. You're listening to WMWM 91.7, fucking Salem. Coffee Time has been a family-owned and operated bakery since 1978. They offer scratch-made pies and scones, and now through Thanksgiving, apple cider donuts and pumpkin cheesecake. Grab a fresh cup of coffee or real hot chocolate milk to go with your favorite treat. Coffee Time, setting the standard for homemade baked goods right here in Salem. Coffee Time, 96 Bridge Street, Route 1A in Salem. Our next story will be addressing the skepticism over this pandemic. I hope you guys enjoy. Tonight, I can report the sky is absolutely falling. We are all doomed. The end is near. The apocalypse is imminent, and you're going to all die. Or at least that's what the media mob would like you to think. 
the coronavirus is, is, is the common cold, folks. The type of this thing as a pandemic, as the Andromeda strain, as, oh my God, if you get it, you're dead. This is one of those cases where the, the more I learn about coronavirus, the less concerned I am. There's a lot of hyperbole. Boo. This is like a flu. It's going to disappear. One day, it's like a miracle. It will disappear. When we first heard about the news of COVID-19 coming out of Wuhan, China, we laughed about it. We didn't take it seriously at all. We created memes on Twitter and shared them on Instagram, and we laughed amongst our friends. It wasn't until the virus started spreading to Italy, and then we heard about it in Spain. And then we were hearing that all of our study abroad friends would have to come home, that we started looking at it with a closer eye. It wasn't until thousands of people in the U.S. had died and hospitals became overloaded with new cases and not enough PPE to protect the healthcare workers that the U.S. government finally took it seriously and started to implement policy to prevent total disaster. But by then, it was already too late. Now turning to a different facet of digging into this coronavirus issue as it spreads around the nation and thinking about what governments are able to do. Consider Italy which is on basically a full lockdown. How do quarantines work and how would they happen in the United States? We have a constitution that does discuss the idea that the federal government can make any regulations that basically prevent the spread of communicable diseases. That's a federal law. We were ordered to go on quarantine and that was cool for the first few weeks. We were told that non-essential businesses should shut down. And I was like, okay, well, I needed a break anyways because I had just came back from school and I had to jump right back into it. So I thought it was cool that my job would be paying me for the six weeks anyway. But then it got worse. I stayed home and I watched the news and it was scary because thousands of people were dying. We started at 400 cases. Then we went to 10,000 cases. Then we went to 30,000 cases. It just kept on rising. I've been on quarantine for a little over two and a half months and I can say I'm tired of this. All I do is stay home, do homework, sleep, eat and repeat. I could be outside making money or going out with my friends or just running errands and just enjoying my life. But people don't want to stay home and the cases are still rising. But like everything else in life and how I carry myself day to day, I tell myself, this too shall pass. My heart goes out to those affected by this and I appreciate the frontline workers for always giving their all. But most importantly, I thank God for his protection over my life and those around me. Salem State University Radio. They must pay us millions to stop broadcasting. WMWM Salem, 91.7 FM and WMWMonline.com. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always encountered him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net. I hope you guys enjoyed those first two stories. Our last one for today's episode is from Abigail Hurley. She is a freshman year business admin major. Here's her story. Um, what has been the biggest, I guess, personal punch to you because of Corona? Um, lack of 
talking to people. I like being social and walking down the street and having conversations. And, um, yeah, I find that to be the worst part. As an essential worker and working at a pharmacy, it's been very difficult to keep up with the workload coming from patients and dealing with their fear and anxiety that come from the people. And it can lead to a very nasty climate from the patient side that I help. And it also, there's another side of it where they'll spend five minutes telling me how much they appreciate the fact that I was there, which also makes it difficult in its way. The most thing I'm struggling with right now is definitely social distancing. I miss hanging out with people, even just like going outside in general and seeing people around. Um, I also miss um, hanging out with family, like we couldn't hang out during Easter because of the whole coronavirus. Uh, I miss being on campus, seeing all my campus friends. And also I miss going to work um, because how it shut down and everything. I just miss being out and I can't wait to get out of this house. Um, coronavirus sucks. It's separating me from everyone that I love and care about. Um, everything was closed, so I'm very bored, stuck at home. But it's important to stay healthy and be quarantined. So I'm going to follow the rules that the state has uh, issued and not be stupid like everyone else. And I'm going to stay safe and healthy, and I hope everyone else does too. Period. The biggest adjustment I've had to go through during this COVID-19 situation is adjusting to managing my time being at home, um, work, grad school online, and just not being able to see friends and family. So quarantine has been a struggle to deal with. I mean, okay, it's not that big of a struggle, but like, it just takes time in my life. Like, I, I'm my sleep schedule is all screwed up. I go to bed at like 6 a.m. For, for later, you know, wake up at like 2 or 3. It's, it's really bad. And not being able to see my friends is also really irritating. Yeah, we have FaceTime, but like I just want to go and see them six feet apart, of course. <laughs> We're all going through things at this time, obviously. So I want to give a special thanks to Robin Ward, Robert Kelly, Ashley Cucciaro, Alec Durlow, Amanda Wells, and John Walsh for being a part of this documentation of this time that we're all struggling to go through, and I hope everyone stays safe. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed all the stories, and I hope you guys join us next time for our next one. Thank you. Let me know if you see yourself.